When you need mealtime inspiration, it's worth Shopping Kroger, where you'll find over 30,000 mouth-watering choices that excite your inner foodie. And no matter what tasty choice you make, you'll enjoy our everyday low prices, plus extra ways to save, like digital coupons worth over $600 each week. You can also save up to $1 off per gallon at the pump with fuel points. More savings and more inspiring flavors make Shopping Kroger worth it every time. Kroger, fresh for everyone. Fuel restrictions apply. Hey, welcome back. So I want to jump right into it. You guys know what I'm going to be talking about today. And of course, that is the beginning of the first easing cycle by the Federal Reserve in over a decade, right? It was over a decade ago that the Fed first cut interest rates. Ben Bernanke actually was the chairman back then uh, in the lead up to the great financial crisis and what would later be known as the Great Recession. And I'll be honest with you. You know, yesterday I put out a video and and the title was something along the lines of of silver and gold set to fly as the Fed heads towards monetary oblivion. And and I share a lot of my thoughts on on this easing cycle, which everybody knew was going to start today. Uh, And yet I feel compelled to share more of my thoughts, right? I I feel like I have another good rant in me today about this. Uh, Not only the market's reaction, but just the... I don't even know what the right word is. The, the hubris of the Fed, the the uh, naivety, or or the the just real, I think, failed attempt to try and project confidence regarding uh, the the future of the U.S. economy. Right? Project some sort of confidence that this somehow isn't the end of a uh, of the uh, credit cycle, business cycle. Uh, that this isn't the beginning of the the next easing cycle and and ultimately the next recession. Right, and so you know what we saw today from the Fed. Just a quick recap: was a rate cut, an interest rate cut of a quarter percentage point. That brings a Fed funds rate into a range between two percent and two and a quarter percentage points. Uh, additionally, uh, the other small piece of easing that they added was the uh, early end to quantitative tightening. Now. They actually announced their early end of quantitative tightening back in uh, early, I think quarter one of 2019. Because the idea was is that they were going to unwind the balance sheet. I'm talking mortgage-backed securities and, and U.S. Treasury bonds until they deemed it was, I don't know, unwound. Until the balance sheet was back to what, what they would consider normal. So a trillion, trillion and a half, two trillion, whatever. Well... I don't think anybody would consider, you know, what it was back then to be normal. But they basically said we're going to end it in, uh, I think the date was September. And today they announced, well, we're going to end it even a little earlier. Now, that wasn't that big of a deal because they were already tapering it leading up to to uh, the, the end of QT. So it wasn't that big of a deal. But the big one was the rate cut. And, and maybe even more importantly was Jerome Powell's uh, press conference. And the big takeaway from that is that he... Like I said, he's trying to project this this confidence to the markets that this is just a, a rate cut, a mid cycle rate cut, not unlike what we would have gotten back in you know the mid '90s. I think it was '96 or '97 where we had a rate cut then, and and lo and behold, we, it didn't mark the beginning of a recession as it usually has, right? We had another three or four years. We had. Uh, uh, further expansion of the tech bubble. I mean, it was you know just getting started then, uh, before the recession in, in 2000 or 2001. Uh, 
Uh, and he's trying to project that on the markets. And, and the markets, <laughs> they weren't buying it, right? Stocks were down sharply, not just on the rate cut, which is what they expected, but the, the comments that basically were saying that, hey, we're cutting rates here, but don't expect more from us. But mark my words, just like I said yesterday, just like I said, you know, I don't even know if I need to make another video here, but no matter what he says, this is the beginning of the next easing cycle, right? And and what he said today, mark my words, the markets are going to punish him for that, right? As they should. Do I think the Fed should be cutting interest rates right now? Absolutely not. Absolutely not. It's ridiculous. In fact, you know, the, the uh, Zero Hedge, they actually shared a, a rant from, I forget his name and, and the organization. I just skimmed the, the first couple sentences, but it was a rant from a, a chief economist from a different firm. And, and uh, you know, he's talking about, like, wh- what is the Fed thinking, given where the economy is right now, and maybe more importantly, given what has happened in the last five years in Japan and the European Union with zero percent and negative interest rate policy what is the fed thinking this is financial repression i don't know if he actually used those terms but and i would totally agree what are they thinking never mind that that the economy's um according to the official data not in that bad of a place i mean what record low unemployment basically uh the gdp number for quarter two was like 2.1 percent not that bad now you know I, my perspective is that it's going to get a lot worse uh but what are they thinking? The stock market near all-time highs and they're cutting interest rates? Like, are you kidding me? Of course, I don't think they should be cutting interest rates right now, but it's absolutely what the markets need over the short term. That's why I said markets were down sharply today, as they should be, right? Because the Fed is not delivering on the very stimulus that the markets have demanded time and time again to somehow justify these these high valuations. Remember, I mean, stock valuations these days, especially the indexes themselves, more and more are a function of, of uh, credit expansion and liquidity and not real fundamentals like uh, earnings and, and growth in, and earnings and profits and all that good stuff that should determine what the, the valuation or market cap of a given company is, right? It's all based on, you know, monetary policy, right? And to some extent, fiscal policy. So, I, I, I don't know what to tell you. I mean, I don't think they should be cutting rates, but I see where the market is coming from, right? And over the short term, I, I see the justification, I guess, for the markets, as crazy as it is, for them to, to be up and, and to see it as bullish uh, news when, when the Fed, let's say Jerome Powell came out and said, look, this is cut one, but, but many more around the way. I would understand the rationale for the stock market to go up 2%, 3% in a day on that news, right? And it's, of course, because the market these days are a function of credit expansion and, and liquidity, right? And so I get why they would come down on the short term. But like I said, the markets will make him, hey, just, I mean, I mean this is almost a repeat, slightly different circumstances, but the, this is eerily similar to, to quarter uh, three, quarter four of 2018, where Jerome Powell was overly hawkish. That time it was him saying, hey, we're going to continue uh, hiking rates. And, and now he's just saying, look, we're cutting rates, but maybe not as much as you guys are expecting, not as much as the market is pricing in. The market, the bond market in particular, is correct 
to be pricing in additional rate cuts this year. As far as I'm concerned, the market should be pricing in a 0% Fed funds rate at least by the end of 2020, if not earlier, right? Now, as I said yesterday, the market is, is a consensus of many different views, and of course, that's just my view, right? But it's, it's coming. This isn't beginning in the next easing cycle, right? These types of expansions can only go on for so long. This one is, what, the longest in, in history or second longest. Uh, it's, it's been fueled, as I said, not by a whole lot of fundamental uh, GDP growth and whatnot. It's been funded by, by credit expansion at the consumer, at the corporate, and, of course, the government level. It's, it's been, been uh, expanded largely because of, of the wealth effect with the expansion of the real estate market, uh, of course, the stock market, uh, lower and lower interest rates. I mean, it, it's a phony cycle all around, right? And what the Fed needs to do is... is to hike, as <laughs> hike interest rates, right? Who cares what Trump says? Who cares if what the rest of the world's central banks... Another day is here, and you're ready for it. What to wear? Check. Breakfast, lunch, and dinner? Check. Planning for what's next and how to save for it? That's where Bank of America can help. For your financial to-dos, Bank of America has experts ready to help get you closer to your goals. Get started at one of our local financial centers or 24-7 in our mobile banking app. Find a location near you at bankofamerica.com slash talk to us. What would you like the power to do? Mobile banking requires downloading the app and is only available for select devices. Message and data rates may apply. Bank of America and a member FDSE. Who cares what the textbook on, on Fed policy says you know, they should do? They should be raising rates right now. Rates are too low right now, right? This economy needs a, a, a recession. Right, a depression, right? Because we did not let the last one run its full course, right? We, the Fed and the government stepped in to save the day with bailouts and and quantitative easing and lowering interest rates, thus trying to to prevent the end of a business cycle by creating a perpetual credit cycle, right? But but a perpetual credit cycle uh, is only going to end in one way, and that's going to be through through currency destruction, right? So what I found kind of funny today is is yesterday. In, in my video talking about why this easing cycle is so bullish for silver and gold, right? We, we've seen that reflected since the June FOMC meeting when markets kind of realized, hey, the next rate cut is, is probably going to be coming in, in July. And we saw silver and gold rise quite a bit since then. You know, that was looking over a medium to long-term basis, right? And so, of course, you know, following this Fed meeting, uh, their announcement, and then the press conference, silver and gold were down, not a lot. Right, gold was down twenty some bucks, maybe. Right, silver was down twenty, thirty cents. The the key is is that both of those markets are still above uh, some some key support levels. Right, they're still within a range that they've been trading in over the last week or two. So it's not that big of a deal that they dropped. And of course, people were commenting like, "This is awkward." They did the exact opposite of what you said. And what I'm saying is that no. This this easing cycle is more about just a, a single quarter percentage point rate cut. No, this is just the beginning, right? They're going to zero. And they're probably going to negative, right? QE is is going to be started up uh, fairly soon in the whole scheme of things, right? It's just a matter of time, right? And so 
when I get those comments, especially when I, I do a decent job of trying to articulate myself when I say I'm looking medium to long term when I say silver and gold are going to you know, fly because of the season cycle, it makes me a little, I guess, irate right? that people would comment such a thing you know, without hearing my explanation. But no, this is extremely bullish for silver and gold, this easing cycle. And, and that's exactly what I'm calling it. This is not a mid-cycle uh, rate cut. This is, this is not a, a pause or anything like that. This is the next season cycle. So I, I guess looking forward, what can we expect? Um, there's a couple things I, I, I do want to talk about real quick before I wrap this up. Uh, more rate cuts are going to happen. The markets will ensure it, both the bond and the stock market, as well as the broader economy. They're going to react in such a way that will demand more rate cuts, as they should. Because if this expansion or this bull market in stocks has any hope of lasting another three months, six months, they're going to need more easing, right? And of course, it, it's, a, it's a story of be careful what you wish for, right? Because you just might get it, right? And of course, the Fed cutting interest rates to 1% or 0%, I mean, for them to, to justify that in an all-rational world, which you know I'm questioning whether or not there's any rationality left in today's markets, but for, for them to justify that, I mean, we're talking a, a pretty significant recession and a pretty significant reason for stocks to be down sharply. So be careful what you wish for, right? Uh, but that's where they're heading. Now, in terms of the dollar, that gets a little more complicated, right? You guys know uh, my my story as far as my, I guess, bearishness on the dollar long term. And and even, you know, in these recent um, weeks since silver and gold have been up that, that I've been saying, you know, this is, that, there's plenty of reasons why the dollar should be going down, right? Never mind what some very intelligent minds have been saying, uh, Jeffrey Snyder and and uh, Brent Johnson of Santiago Capital and, and uh, Raul Powell, and uh, I think he's a dollar bull over the, the short to medium. You know, never mind what they're saying. I mean, there's a plenty of reason for the dollar to go down. But I do want to add a caveat here, some things that have been on my mind recently. Now, the Fed, as I said, ended QT today. They ended the, the unwind of their balance sheet. And, of course, the unwind of their balance sheet was the reverse of QE. QE was a liquidity injection. So quantitative tightening was liquidity removal. Therefore, they're, they're ending that. And and I wonder if that at all has any relation to uh, this, this so-called euro-dollar squeeze that we appear to be uh, in the midst of right now, as well as the Treasury... And, and the president and Congress, and their recent dis, uh, 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 plan to suspend the debt ceiling, right? Uh, effectively ending any sort of drama before it really begins regarding uh, this this episode of, of the debt ceiling fight. So what that means, right, is, you know, over the short term, markets, markets might see that as a positive, and I get that, right? Nobody wants a debt ceiling to breach unless, you know, you're, you're like me and you have some sort of a... Uh, I don't know, a sick desire to, to kind of see this the system find a serious correction, right? Uh, but the markets certainly don't want that to happen, right? But what that means is that since, you know, the debt ceiling was, was reached back in, uh, I forget, March or April of this year, the Treasury, they've had an account with the Federal Reserve. I think you can look it up from the St. Louis Fed, their numbers, their, their statistics that they put out. Uh, I want to say it's called the Treasury General Account, 
okay? And, and what this is, is what the, what the Treasury does is they issue bonds, they borrow money, and, and they throw that money in this Treasury general account, and they build up basically a large cash balance because of these debt ceiling problems. And so when the debt ceiling is reached, the, the Treasury has a buffer of, of several months or quarters of funds, right, emergency funds, basically run the government off of until the debt ceiling is then suspended or raised, right? So that's what they've been living off of. However, with the debt ceiling having been, having been suspended, uh, the Treasury, uh, Steve Mnuchin, have, have now come out and basically said, look, we're going to be ba- building up this balance sheet again. So what that means is issuing more U.S. Treasury bonds. Now, this is interesting on two levels for me. Them issuing more Treasury bonds means somebody is going to have to come out there, uh, groups of people, institutions, etc., governments, and buy those bonds with U.S. dollars. And the effect that that has had historically is removing U.S. dollars from the system, U.S. dollar liquidity, right? This is going to be a drain on liquidity, just like the, the, the Treasury unwinding this account over the last several months has been in the uh, liquidity injection, right? Not totally unlike QE and, and QT. So where are you going with this, Matt? So what I'm saying is that the Fed is going to be issuing a very large amount of bonds over the next quarter. So on one hand... That makes me wonder, is this going to sap a significant amount of liquidity from the system, which I think is a very real possibility. And if that's the case, what is that going to mean for dollar, uh, the the dollar index, as well as dollar funding, the euro dollar squeeze, etc. If if anything, I would expect it to exacerbate those issues. But the other thing that I find to be really interesting is the Fed's, uh, the Treasury, U.S. government and their continued rise in issuance of U.S. debt and how, you know, for quite some time now, that debt has primarily been bought by domestic investors in the United States. It's not China so much. It's not Japan. It's not these other countries or foreign investors. It's been U.S. institutions, right? It hasn't even been the Fed, right? They've been unwinding their balance sheet. So it's been pension funds and hedge funds and mutual funds and, and all of those Uh, all that jazz, right, that have been funding these U.S. deficits. But as I've said in multiple videos in the past, their appetite is limited, right? They only can soak up so many of these bonds because a lot of these funds have mandates as far as, you know, how much they can even allocate into bonds in the first place. Pension funds uh, and and many other funds, they they, they can't just throw 100% into bonds, right? Additionally, you know, the, 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 I guess the, the impetus or the, the, uh, I guess, reason for them to, to invest in bonds has decreased as of late because yields have gone down and prices have gone up. Unless they think prices are going to continue to go up, yields are going to continue to go down, which is a very valid argument. That's another reason why they might not be putting as much into bonds. And so if the Treasury is issuing even more bonds than expected, I'm talking hundreds of billions of bonds worth of bonds over the next quarter, net increase in U.S. Treasury debt. What does that mean for their ability to fund those deficits? So I'll be discussing this more in the future as far as, you know, uh, our primary dealers can be able to pick up that slack. Uh, but but it's it's a worrying topic for me, and, and I, I think it's going to be the beginning of, of 
some real worries about the the sustainability of of federal deficits as well as the beginning of the monetization of debts by the uh, Federal Reserve. I'm talking QE infinity. So anyways, hope you enjoyed this discussion slash rant today. As always, thank you guys from the bottom of my heart for watching this video, listening to this podcast, and God bless.